Welcome back to this very special Colorado Buffaloes version of Take It To Go. I'm Kiara. And I'm Lena. And today we're not talking about all things life, love, and LOL worthy. Today we're talking about the only thing that matters this week, and that's Colorado taking on the Oregon Ducks. We are so excited. Now, number one, let's just put this out there. We're not bandwagoners. We are fans of this program because we are fans of Dion. Absolutely. 100%. And honestly, we've been on this train since the beginning, since we found out that Dion was coming to Colorado. We knew this was going to happen. Okay. We believed before anybody believed. We believed. Yeah. I mean, come on. I have, so this is my news. I have some news to share with you, Kiara. Are you ready? Oh, okay. I'm ready for it. I bought both pairs of prime glasses, the black and the gold. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. Wait, I have both so you pairs. Got, you got two, so I'm getting I'm getting the one that you're not keeping, right? I'm well, my mom is getting it. But if we go <laughs> to Colorado to see Stanford, I'm bringing both pairs if I get them by then because they were, you know, sold out pre-order. What what can you do? They're so popular they're right now. They're sold out. Everybody they, wants their the Coach Prime glasses. Are they you sold 1.2 million units after the Nebraska game. Like, are you serious? Yes. You know, are they selling the watches too? The Shador watches? I want one of those. I don't know, no. but I'm not. I, I, didn't, I didn't look into that one. But It's if probably we, like millions of dollars. <laughs> if they come before the game, I'm bringing you a pair. We're going to sit there in the stands with our Prime glasses on. That's right. That's right. We're going to be there in our black and gold supporting them. Who is not going to be there? Maybe. Maybe. Hopefully, Travis Hunter will be there. But he won't be at the Oregon game this weekend playing. I. This was, this was just straight up a dirty hit. There's no way around it. Uh, the ball wasn't even in the air at that point. You can look at the tape and see that this guy, I think his name is Henry Blackburn, was he, he like he wasn't even making a play on the ball? He just decided in that moment, I'm going to take out their best player. Yeah, That's my it was, goal. Yeah, it was and very clearly targeting. Very clearly targeting. He wasn't even looking at the ball. He was looking at Travis. Yeah, which is such a shame. But I do like the way that the coach, that Deion Sanders and that Travis himself on his own stream handled the situation. Just saying, it's football. He was playing football. It's unfortunate, but. Of course, he should not be receiving death threats over this hit. No, to himself or his family. Yep. Do you know if he's a senior or not? Because if he if he isn't a senior, he's probably gonna get it next time they play. I next year, get what? He's probably gonna get lit up next time Colorado plays Colorado State. If oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, he's gonna get a lot of hate online, which I hope it dies to a point because. It's not correct for anyone. I mean, at the end of the day, they are college students, they're kids, and people make mistakes at that age. And I would have liked for him to apologize for it um, because he wasn't punished for it by the referees in the game. Like he, I believe, should have been, and I know a lot of people believe he should have been because we all saw the hit. But um, there are certain things that you should do and should not do in those situations, and and the reaction that he's received has been um, overkill, I think. So many people should have... There, I cannot believe there was only one ejection in that game. That game no. was not refereed well because there no. were so many late hits, 
hard hands. So many. Shador, who, again, we stand Shador on this podcast, but he was like sticking his fingers into someone's helmet. Like, it, it was just a wild game, and it's only going to get crazier this weekend. Even though it's not a rivalry game, just the intensity of having two top ranked teams going head to head with Oregon wanting to like shut up all these Colorado bandwagon fans, and then with Colorado wanting to actually prove no, like, we are here. This is real. You have to believe in us. This is going to be a sensational game. I will be. I'm excited. I'm excited. I got off work early so I could go see it. My schedule, I end work at 1.30 and I'm driving home. My commute is an hour and I'm sitting in front of the TV. <laughs> I'm watching the game. 2.30 Central. I cannot wait. You know, it's the number of people who have been watching Colorado is that it's just insane what the ratings are. Uh, ESPN released some of the stats. That game ended, the Colorado State game ended at a, at a ridiculous hour. I remember watching the start of the game with my brother, and we just made it through the first quarter, and it was an hour, just that first quarter. But at 2.15, a.m. Eastern time, which is when that game ended, the game still registered 8.2 million viewers, an audience that was more than 1 million viewers bigger than the peak audience of any other college football game that week at wow. two o'clock in the morning wow. on the East Coast. Yeah, I was up until <laughs> 1, 1 a.m. and I was sitting there bloodshot eyes, but so excited. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. the best parts of that game happened at the end of the fourth quarter yes. into overtime, double overtime. Oh, which oh, it's crazy. And I'm sure returned for 98 <laughs> yards. 98? A 98 yard drive. Are you kidding me? Like, and I remember I was up watching it and I'm there and I'm seeing the drive and they score and I'm just texting my brother. I'm texting the family group chat and no one is answering me. And I'm like, I can't be the only one in the house who's up watching this right now. So I, I, this is a bed. I'm under my bunk bed right now. That's where I record. I climbed out of my bunk bed at two o'clock in the morning, ran all the way downstairs to wake up my brother. Cause he fell asleep in the fourth quarter. And like, I can show you my text. Like I'm just texting like him, him, him Timothy, <laughs> over and over and over again. Cause I was just freaking out about Shador at two o'clock in the morning. And it was yes. just, it was so good. It was so good. I'm sleep. so glad I didn't miss it. After, so after the game ended, I have to, I had to have a debrief with my parents. I was like, mom, dad, this is what happened. And they, they were sitting there watching the entire thing with me, but I still had to debrief. And I sat up for probably another half an hour in bed, like trying to go to sleep, but like, wow, it was so good. Oh my gosh. Okay. Props, props to Mikey Harrison, number 87, who got I love the catches, the two point conversions. He was there. I would not like Oh my goodness. So after Travis Hunter went out, everyone was like, oh, it's over. It's over. And I'm sitting there like, do you really think that the only person Deion Sanders recruited on this team is Travis Hunter? Like, mind you, it's spectacular. Okay. He's Heisman candidate, phenomenal player. There's no doubt about it, that he's a rare one. Okay. But you have to depend on the other people on your team. That's why you have a depth chart. Yeah. We got to see some phenomenal talent step up, showcase themselves, and Mikey Harrison, he was one. Those catches were so great. He was open. He was was composed. Wide open. Wide open. And he maneuvered, and I appreciated that about him. 
It was so good. Also, did you see that video of Dion talking to, um, or talking about uh, Jimmy Horn on Taylor Rook's podcast? I did not. So, uh, I, I think his name is Jimmy Horn. He had had, like, kind of a rough game, like some drops, maybe not running, like, the crispest routes, most crisp routes. But then Dion goes to him at some point, and he has a heart-to-heart with him, and he says, listen, dude, you are a dog. You are him. Your father, who is unfortunately, like, he's incarcerated right now, like, he is there in prison with all the inmates watching you, and he is just waiting to, like, break out and stand up and clap and applause and be like, that is my son. He is waiting for that. And what did he end up doing? He ended up scoring the game-tying touchdown in the fourth quarter. Wait. That, that is the power of Deion Sanders. Wait. That is Coach Prime. Kiara, I'm about to cry. And he was like, because like he genuinely like cares about these kids. He's like, you know who you are. Like you wouldn't be here if you couldn't do the job. And don't just do this for you. Like do this for your family and how much it's gonna mean to your dad. I bet his dad was freaking out. Like that wherever he was watching the game, that entire room probably went absolutely insane. Cause like Obviously, it's not just them rooting for him. It's like the entire world rooting for Colorado in that moment. Stop. Are you crying? I'm crying. <laughs> it was so sweet. Like, how could you not root for that? How could you not? That's what I love. I was talking to my mom earlier today. Um, and, of course, she's so excited now about Dion being the coach of Colorado. And she really said something that was so profound to me that – it really does make a difference when you see people who look like you being successful. And she said it, it It also goes to show that when people with your skin tone, Black people are being mistreated, that it actually really does have an effect and an impact on you. A lot of people would say like, oh, well, what what does somebody getting shot and killed on the street have to do with you? What does somebody getting hooked on drugs in a in a system that doesn't care about Black people or or, you know, lacking education, like what is, what do their lives have to do with you? Because they're not you, you got an education, you got, you know, a good life, you have food on the table, you have a great job, but it's like, no, like when you see these people who are being harmed by society in, in a sense, you know, because it's not set up for their success, it really does impact you in a negative way. And the same can be shown with Dion being so so successful and having these boys that come in, these young men that come in and are doing great things on the field, but also great things for their community as well. You just see, you have a sense of accomplishment of, of, I, I just, what's the, what's a word? There are just so many words that I could use to describe how I They're feel easy about to root this program. For. They are. And, and it's easy to celebrate them. Like the good and the great thing is like there's so many teams out there who are bad and they've got kids who are prisoners, kids who commit crimes abusive to women, get accused of all these things, X, Y, and Z. Like but they, like you don't see that with any of the kids on the, any of the guys on this team. Like they're no, and they they're held a to a higher standard. They, they are, are held. held to that standard because like even Coach Sanders said, like you are not going to do that and still be on this team. Like if no. you mistreat women, if you do anything like that, like do not talk to me. Yeah, like don't have your my number. Me, like it's over for you. Yeah. And like that and to call up all the women who were in their program to say that in front of them, like, you know, we're gonna treat them with respect, that matters a ton to me. And that and does. I believe that that's actually the standard that 
he holds his players to because it's not uncommon to see players get involved in in misbehavior and they're running a a tight ship over there right and it's it's nice that he's taking this these group of men and he's making them even better not just for football but for their lives for their families you know just making them into great members of society I mean I know that I can already tell a lot of these guys, they might not go to the NFL, but heck, they're going to make an impact in whatever they do because they can take whatever they learned from Coach Prime and put it into that area of life that they need it. I mean, he's motivational. He's life-changing. And it's such a blessing to be able to even just be a fan of his and to be able to get an insight, look at his program, hear what he has to say, and be able to, to also apply it to ourselves if we want. Like, I know I've applied it. (laughs) I was like, I was motivated and I'm very good at about my work, but like having and hearing him and some of the things that he says, it just inspires me to work even harder for my personal goals and my personal health and my care as well. Those pregame speeches, like they're, I mean, I need to listen to them every day before work because they're so motivational they really apply like broadly to people in life and it it it's just his impact he is he's him like that i under now i finally understand why athletes say that so much because like there's just no other way to describe it sometimes like sometimes he is him he's just him he is now, just him lena this is this is going to be a like a tough matchup they're going into oregon And this is going to be, I think Colorado right now is 19 in the AP poll. They're going up against Oregon, which is a top 10 team, both 3-0, power five, Pac-12 matchup. Do you have any predictions for this game? I feel like Colorado is a second half type of team right now. And... I don't think that they will persist down that path. I think that Dion and the coaching staff are actively trying to change that. However, because their team is new, because they're trying to mesh still, they're doing a phenomenal job already. I just think that right now it's still a second half deal. If Shadur can come in with the heat at the beginning, I think this is something that I peeped last week. When Shadur feels that he has nothing to lose, he plays the best. Let's take it back to TCU, right? He's coming in. You have all this press about will they, won't they? It's all talk, yada, yada. What type of attitude did he come into that game with? I'm going to just do it because people believe and some people don't, whatever. Some people may be right. Some people may be wrong, but I don't care because I'm going to show them what I've done. He had nothing to lose on that stage and he played as though he had nothing to lose. And once he did that, guess what? He won that game. And of course the whole team won that game, but he played like he had, he wasn't thinking too much. He was, he was taking shots. He was throwing to people close. Like they're, blockers right there and he's throwing in between like spots and there he's got receivers he's got guys that can catch these balls guys that can run these balls his o-line is great they're holding off and letting him stand there and just think basically like he's playing chess out there this week yeah this well this past week with csu he came in and he was a little bit hesitant and he was hesitant 
And then he was hesitant some more. But then what? Fourth quarter, when did he have nothing to lose? When they were down? Mm And what did he and he needed to perform and he had to get these touchdowns and get the team to win. And what did he do? He pulled off phenomenal stuff because he just started relying on his raw skill. That dude mm-hmm. is talented. That that's that's something that number one, he was born with something, but number two, he trained that up. Because he could have been born with whatever skill he had, but it wouldn't have produced what he is today. He worked for this. And yeah. it shows when he has nothing else to lose. He puts it into action, and it's just the most beautiful football I've ever seen in my life. A lot of people would crumble under that pressure of, oh gosh, my dad was is an NFL Hall of Famer. Like there's so much pressure associated with this. But he went into what something I appreciate very much as a Patriots fan. He went into Brady mode near the end of that game. And I've seen Tom Brady do it so many times, is that If you give him the ball back, Shador, if you give Tom Brady back when he played the ball back with two minutes left, you are giving them way too much time. Mm -hmm. Because when guys, when you have guys who are like lethal, who get into that zone and just are deadly accurate, then what's going to happen to Oregon if they end up in that situation is exactly what happened to Colorado State. When the game's on the line, Shador is going to win. Because uh-huh. that's just who he is. Because he turns and it on. He does. I think it's hard to come up with a score prediction specifically. But I think this game, I mean, we've seen Colorado play these games. It's going to come down to the fourth quarter. The game's probably going to be won by the team that has the last possession. I'm concerned about Colorado's defense. I'm concerned about you know, Oregon might score. 50 points on them and Colorado might have to score 51. And I think it's going to be a shootout. I am concerned about uh, Colorado's O-line and their run game. They didn't really run. We didn't really see much of Dylan Edwards last mm-hmm. week. And and I hope we get to see much more of him this week. I hope he has a, has a big performance because he was sensational week one. So He was. He was. Score-wise, I don't hold me to it. I am going to – because, like – Northwestern is is not a good football team this year. So I'm going to ride this Colorado bandwagon. Call me a bandwagon fan. I don't care. I'm riding it as far as, as I can take it, as long as I can fall low along with this bandwagon. I'm going Colorado 51 over Oregon. 51-49 Colorado. That's my prediction. Wow. Wow. That's specific. And no overtime. This is going to end in regulation. Last minute, it, it'll be the game will be decided in the last two minutes of the game. That's crazy. It's going to be a wild one. Do you have a I, Do you have a score? I don't think it'll be as high. Okay. I feel like I think your point differential is pretty accurate. I feel like it's going to be within a couple points. One, two, three. It would be like a, a field goal kick or something. Because, you no, know, Mata don't miss. That's what Dion said in his press conference. So it might what? just come down to Mata yeah. at the end of the game. I feel like that that would be that would be my prediction is it'll be a field goal kick difference. And whether it happens earlier in the game where it's like, oh, if he had made that, then we would have won or lost or whatever. But I do think Colorado will pull the win. I think they have 
positive determination. And maybe it's me listening to all of these like motivational YouTube channels, but (laughs) I do feel like there's something to be said about when a team has positive momentum as Colorado has had, they're trying to prove they don't have to prove themselves, right? Because they know what type of players they are. They know the talent that they have. They're just playing to play. And in the process, they show what their skills are. When there's a team that is motivated by negative reinforcement of, oh, that team over there, AE Colorado, is full of themselves. They think that they're Mm -hmm. tough. But we're ranked this, which is X amount higher than their team, and now we just want to shut them up and show them down da- and you know shut them down. That's negative reinforcement. I don't think that wins. And it it's can not make a winning you undiscipline. Mm-hmm. That's yep, what yep, happened yep. to Colorado State. They came became very undisciplined, undisciplined. and wild because they they had a chip on their shoulder. I mean, that's what that's what Coach Prime was saying the other day was that like I'm minding my own business. It, it wasn't going to be personal. Yeah. And then someone comes out with some bull junk, as he likes to say. <laughs> And starts talking about him and, like, says this person's mom raised him properly. This person didn't. And it ends up becoming a, a distraction for some yeah. people. Not everyone. But yeah. it was personal for, for Colorado. They made it personal. I have not seen anything yet to indicate that Oregon has made it personal. But we've got, what, 48 hours left? A lot could happen in that time. I know. And... I I don't think that Colorado or that Oregon's going to make it personal. I don't. I think they've learned the lesson. I think they've seen it. I think they're going to play a good game of football. I think that they're as determined to win as Colorado is just to save their own face. But I do think that Colorado has a bit more of a motive. And I do feel that Travis Hunter's injury is going to be pivotal in this and not in the way that people think. I do think that this is a chance for his injury has freed up two spots, one on offense and one on defense. And I think that the men who really want to have a chance to show themselves, improve themselves, are doing it now this week in practice. We'll see them come out on the field and hopefully they will deliver that same energy because they want his spot. That's will they right. take it? No, probably not. It's Travis Hunter. But <laughs> at least they'll get a chance to showcase themselves. And I hope that we actually get to see them. And honestly, who am I to say? Because who am I to judge? I'm no one to judge because honestly, they might come out, show out and knock him to the curb. Like you just don't know in sports, right? And you don't know what the talent that he has because this is Coach Prime. This is the team that he's put together. And he does believe in every single one of those players. And he does so for a reason because they each have great talent. He's just trying right now to unlock the talent that he sees within them that they may not see within themselves. And if somebody gets unlocked, who knows what type of force he's pulling out. So yeah. I, think, I think he said only like, like not a hundred percent of players believe yet, but I think he said it's at like 98%. Yeah. So we need a couple percentage more players to believe. Yeah. And just stay focused and stay grounded because honestly, it, it happens in every single area, every single aspect of sports. I mean, you have somebody that's just a great player that takes over, but then they might, they get hurt and then somebody else steps up and you're like, well, where were they? What were they yeah. doing on the sidelines? So Absolutely. I hope we see, I hope we see some of that this weekend. Of course, I'm disappointed. I would love to see Travis play. I cannot wait until he comes back. But I do think that, like I said, this past game, we saw some talent step up. 
Mikey Harrison. So I hope we have another yeah. Mikey Harrison situation next week <laughs> with a brand new face. Because let me meet the team. I want to know yes. more teams. Yes. So, Let's listen, go. Pre- pressure is a privilege. And they're under a lot of pressure this weekend because people don't believe in them. They have an opportunity. But crazier things have happened. And it's only crazy until you do it. Yes. That's a great that's a great place to end. I think we've set our we've set our dues. Let's wrap this up here and we'll check back in after the Oregon game. Praying for a win, praying for we success for do our an team. emergency podcast if they win. Yeah, oh, yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, we are. A big debrief on Sunday. Okay. As always, it is a joy. It is a pleasure. Thank you for listening to Take It to Go and we'll see you next time. See you on our next ride. Go Bucks. Bye.